Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream, though what's harder to live. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into a Wednesday, Veterans Day, Episode 8 edition of the Hooper's Log. It is Wednesday, November 11, 2015, here on your CLNS radio, Blog Talk Radio, Indie. Well, I don't know if I should even represent it, but I will, just based upon the topic we're going to talk about today, but the Fan Duel Studios, we're in it. We have a topic today, we'll get into a little bit about daily sports leagues and we'll talk about that here shortly it's a little uh it's a little tough from the perspective of you know obviously FanDuel's a big time sponsor here for CLNS radio and uh New York had some things happen in uh in the city yesterday that uh there was a story that came out that was a big time shocker again there's been other states that have tried to do the same thing but New York's one of the more bigger states to try and do it which is a big time newsworthy thing to talk about and we'll get into that later on today about the daily fantasy sites that we have up. There were seven games in the NBA last night. Obviously, college basketball is literally right around the corner. It starts on Friday. We'll have our preview show, a short little preview show, nothing major. We're not going to go super in-depth, but we will talk about what we think is going to happen in college basketball, at least in the early portions, because as you know, there's basically four parts of the college basketball season. There's the preseason fun and all the, you know, the pre-conference games and you know, matchups and excitement and tournaments, crazy early season tournaments. And then there's the conference play where really it's just nightly unbelievable basketball from basically Christmas time until, you know, uh, early March. When then you then you get to the, the fourth, the third part of college basketball, which is the, uh, then you get into the conference tournaments, which is about a two week period of just nonstop intense basketball. And then obviously, the weekend-by-weekend weekend, uh, drubbing of March Madness, as everyone knows and everyone talks about. But the other couple parts people forget about, and that's the early season part, and then obviously conference play, and then the conference tournaments, where really kind of the meat and potatoes of what happens throughout the college basketball season happens is around there. It just all kind of comes to a crescendo in March, as we all know. Again, you're listening live to the Hoopers Log. I have Andrew Norris on the line. Andrew, what's up, man? Hey, man, how are you? Dude, I'm doing good. It's it's Veterans Day, you know. Everyone's taking the day off except for me, obviously. Uh, working in this uh, this this federal holiday, I, I work still. So, uh, are you working today? Uh, every day, man. Every day. <laughs> every day, working every day. You ready to break down some of these games before we get into this uh, this Let- conversation about the New York Journey uh, Journey General or whatever Attorney General? Let's do it, man. I'm excited. 
All right, let's get it going. Kevin Hart, start us off. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. There were, there were quite a bit of games last night. I went three and four in my seven predictions last night. Um, one of them I was wrong in, which I thought was going to happen, was Cleveland and Utah. This was a game where you talk about a giant litmus test for a team in the Cleveland Cavaliers. We talked to, we talked to Justin Rowan last uh, yesterday afternoon, and obviously we talked to Tony Douglas about a week ago. And we got into this conversation about this game, about the defensive prowess of the Utah Jazz, which was on display. Yeah, they gave up 108 points, but it was on display last night as really – Actually, excuse me, it was 118, unless I, I must have read that wrong, uh, unless ESPN has their stats up wrong. Uh, I guess it was 118 to 114. Uh, I mean, yeah, they, they gave up a lot of points. Don't get me wrong. But this was one of those games where you could tell that both teams were coming out giving their best puncher's shot at a chance to win. This, was, this wasn't just a normal game. This was a game where you could see both of these teams later on throughout the year, if they play each other, this could be a bigger game than not. And and last night's game was a big one. There was a highlight from LeBron James on NBA.com. That was play of the night. And grapefruits are hard to make. <laughs> Bounce cap. Inside of oh, James and a rim crusher. Great pass by Love. And LeBron James sets the thunder from the sky. With the beauty of having LeBron James went off on a big-time slam jam about the yeah, first quarter of the game. Obviously, he's not going to give you that much late in the game these days, but he gave you a big-time jam there uh, early on in the ball game to really kind of set the tone for this one. This was really a back-and-forth game, and there was a point in the game in the third quarter, and if I wish we could have Tony Jones on today. That would be awesome to talk about. But there was a moment in the third quarter where the Jazz – got on a roll where they looked like and, and I don't want to go crazy. I don't I, I this is gonna be a crazy statement right now, but remember it's early. It's freaking Veterans Day people. It's it's like literally the second week of the NBA season. And I think it's it's fair to say it right now because obviously it's not April. But this jazz team played like a championship team last night. They had some moments and I'm talking some minor moments where they looked like a team that could compete for an NBA title. Not now. Not now, but you saw the demo of what this team could look like maybe next year, maybe later on this year, maybe definitely a couple years from now because there was some defensive plays in the third quarter where this team looked unbelievable. Rodney Hood, was it Rodney Hood? No, it was Alec Burks. There's a bunch of guys on this team who are just outstanding athletes. Trevor Booker made a sick dunk last night. There were a couple plays by Alec Burks where I was texting uh, Andrew where I was just like, good God, this guy can snake through the lane like the best of them. The athleticism is all there. Trey Burke made some huge three-pointers, as he normally does. Um, And Rudy Gobert, again, his defensive presence down low. Gordon Hayward getting his uh, 17-plus points last night. Uh, You're talking about a game where the Utah Jazz, when they put it all together, they can hang with the best of them. And they proved it last night. Yeah, they lost 118-114. to But this was a game where, I mean, LeBron James had to go off, and he had the performance of the night, obviously the whiteboard-worthy performance of the night, getting 31 points. I believe he had about – he had a a ton of triple-double. I mean, he he was close. He was close to a triple-double, didn't quite get it. But from the perspective of, look, I mean, he had 31 points, eight assists, seven rebounds, and two steals. He had to perform all of that just to give his team a chance to win last night, and they got the win. They won 118-114 to again and a big-time win over the uh, Utah Jazz. What did you see from this one, Andrew, as you watched, obviously, with other intentions, 
outside of the fact that you saw an outstanding basketball game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this the, both teams look well. First, the Cavs came out a little bit flat. Um, you know, obviously, I had the the LeBron and Gordon Hayward bets that, that you're talking about, uh, and you know, it wasn't looking good going into the fourth quarter for LeBron, and then you know, uh, he took over, got over that 23 points I needed. Hayward got it with about 20 seconds left, so that's always nice to watch a game with. Um, but you know, the Cavs came out flat. I don't think they respected Utah's game as much as they found out they should in it, towards the end of that game. Uh, now, with that, you saw in the fourth quarter how important Rudy Gobert is to this team. When he stepped yeah. out of the game, they would just drive, drive, drive the wreck, drive the wreck, drive the wreck, drive the wreck, over and over. You saw LeBron just take over because he knew, well, nobody's stopping me now. Nobody's going to block my shot now. And he had, what, like 16 points in the fourth quarter? Um, yeah, he went into that. He, you know, he's got a mode that one of only probably three players have in the history of the NBA, uh, and you know it's never worked for anybody in the postseason, but it works in the regular season. Of, I'm not gonna let my team lose this game. Him, Kobe, and Michael Jordan are probably the only players in the history of the NBA to ever have it, and he's already done it two or three times this year. Uh, towards the end of the game, I think they really started respecting the Jazz because you saw Tristan Thompson putting in that effort we saw in the NBA Finals. You saw LeBron hustling up and down the court, wanting the ball, and you saw the defensive end. You saw a much improved, you know, team from the first three quarters in the Cavaliers. Um, on the other side, like I said, Rudy Gobert, he showed his value to this team, and and it's it's astounding. I mean, this this team is probably not even in the conversation for an eight seed or even close to it without Rudy Gobert. I mean, but then, you know, you saw all the pieces that are going to get them there. Uh, the, Alec Burks, 24 points. Like you said, he texted me last night, said he was slithering around like Manu Ginobili. And, you know, I, I wouldn't compare him to Manu Ginobili, but he was sure. Right, he was, right. He was, he was getting in and out. He was really controlling where he wanted to go. Trey Burke had a great game, 16 points in 24 minutes. You know, but it was all be you know talent just got him. Kevin Love, twenty two points, eight rebounds. LeBron, thirty one points, seven rebounds, eight assists. Like you said, Mo Williams, probably the player of the night with twenty nine points. Missed one, two shots, one shot from the field, one shot from the free throw line. Altogether, he was he was uh, seventeen for nineteen for all combined. That's pretty good uh, true shooting percentage there. But, you know, talent just beat the Jazz. And the Jazz have talent, but it's not fully developed yet like the Cavaliers is. Um, and, you know, that's what's going to get this team in the fourth quarter, and they're going to really have to learn how to fend off those fourth quarter demons that young teams have. They really want to get that playoff spot we both predicted them to have. Like you said, I would love to have that's Tony cool. Jones on today to talk about this team because, you know, this team showed their potential. They're 4-3 and three now. They're still, you know, still very good start to the season. Cavs are 7-1. and one. But you just you saw the difference between a team that's going to fight for a playoffs and a team that's going to fight for a championship in that game. Yeah, you made a good point about Mo Williams. I mean, the guy went off last night, and honestly, if he didn't go off the way he did, I don't think the Cavaliers even hang in this ball game. He was, and that's not to knock the Jet, not to knock the Cavs and say they're not good enough to compete with the Jazz. I agree with you. I think they didn't they didn't take the Jazz seriously like they should have, and I think they kind of that's the difference between a championship ball club and a team that's 
kind of that that's trying to be for real. This team can turn it on when they want and they'll still they'll pretty much beat anybody, but if they turn it down some nights, they can still beat solid ball clubs. And and it, whether we like it or not, the Jazz are a solid ball club. We don't know how far they're going to go this year because this is kind of their growth year. Their this is their stepping stone year, but when it comes to their ability to get to the rack and play offense and defense and, and do everything that you can want from a basketball squad, this Jazz team really is 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 legit and i'm i'm gonna sit here and say they're a legit squad maybe not this year but i'm guaranteeing you walking into next season they have aspirations to get to the western conference finals not year not this year but next year they have those those op, that opportunity just based upon a game like last night again that third quarter they outscored the, they outscored the uh the the cavaliers 32 to 28 and then in the fourth quarter they couldn't quite hang but that's because like you said LeBron James went off Mo Williams kept getting to the rack and getting free throws uh that was the difference and if that wouldn't have been the difference this would have been probably a Jazz victory because that's what the Jazz were doing in the third quarter and I was I was getting out of my seat at work I was like oh my god this Jazz team is unbelievable you know they are they are pieces and if you're a Jazz fan I'm telling you you have every single bit of excitement for years to come because this is a scary bunch of guys where again contracts line up perfectly for them. They have a team where again, just giving them give them time, and they're going to blossom like no other garden you're ever going to see again. And people keep talking about the Golden State Warriors and how this team is the best team in the NBA. Why is and no one's talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers again? Seven and one, first tenth of the season. You know we're eight games in now for most teams, and you got a team now at seven and one, where LeBron James isn't playing MVP. I mean he's playing great. He's playing great. He's in the MVP conversation every year because he's LeBron James, and obviously the performances he's putting together, he's in the MVP conversation all the time, and obviously for, for obvious reasons. But last night was another example of, look, he, he played great, but he again, we take it for granted how great this guy is. And Steph Curry's the new you know fun thing to watch and look at and blah, 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 because he can shoot the ball from outside and all that. People forget this team's seven and one. They don't even have Kyrie Irving and, and Iman Shumpert. Can you imagine if if Kyrie or if can you imagine if Steph Curry didn't have Clay Thompson or if Steph Curry didn't have Draymond Green or if Steph Curry didn't have you know those are the two main guys on that team, the three main guys, you know, Steph, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Can you imagine if Steph didn't have Draymond Green? That would be the equivalent of what it would be like for the Golden State Warriors right now, and they're eight zero because everything is clicking. The Cleveland Cavaliers don't even have. But the Cleveland Cavaliers are kind of like a, they're kind of like a broken down Ferrari, but it's still driving good. I mean, not broken down, but it's it's a Ferrari that's not in full function, and they're still seven and one. And granted, they play in the Eastern Conference, but I mean, you played a good Jazz team last night, and you still found a way to win without your starting backcourt. And yeah, Mo Williams went off. But at the same time, Kyrie Irving, if he's in that ball game, you guarantee they win by by at least by 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 fourteen instead of by four. So <laughs> again, this Cleveland Cavalier team is getting better every week. Speaking of speaking of games, real quickly before we get to the probably the controversy of the night, just a couple of games to break down real quick. Not going to go through them deep, but Russell Westbrook another triple double last night. He got a whiteboard worthy performance of fifty. I believe he got a fifty six or fifty. 56, uh, yeah, 56. He had a triple double, 22 points, 11 assists, 11 rebounds. Actually, a 55, actually. Uh, but the guy, 125 to 101. You talk about dominating, and he did it in only 27 minutes. There's 48 minutes in a basketball game, people. This guy came out and played pretty much half a game and had a triple double. He had some unbelievable dunks tonight, again, last night. And the, the Thunder are just proving that they're back. I mean, they are back when they're healthy. They are a, ter- a terrifying squad to face. 
and beating the Wizards last night was proof of that. Again, 125-101. to 101. And Russell Westbrook, again, a triple-double in 27 minutes. It's crazy to think about. The Lakers lost to the Heat last night, 101-88. to 88. Uh, the Lakers are now one and six again. Long season for them. The Heat one hundred and one. They beat up. They beat a bad team. That's what this team's going to do. Chris Bosh thirty points, eleven rebounds. That's what the Heat are going to do. And that's what happened last night. The game of the night where there was a lot of controversy was between the Knicks and the Raptors. And for a reason being, in the final minute, there was a play where Carmelo Anthony had the ball with about uh, I'd say about twenty five, thirty seconds left in the ball game. Uh, Knicks were, up, were only up one, I believe. If not one, they were only up two and or three. I forget. They were, they were up by very little. Either way, the point is, is the Knicks had the ball, and they, Mello got cornered on the baseline, or on the sideline, excuse me. And what happened was, was he blatantly stepped out of bounds. And this morning, the referees admitted they made a mistake, and when they admitted they made that mistake, uh, at that time, it was a big-time play because the Knicks were only up two, I believe, or up one, and it would have been Raptors' ball with 24, 25 seconds to go. And for all we know, they could have come down, just handed the ball to DeMar DeRozan, and you know what DeMar DeRozan is going to do 60% of the time, and that's make a basket. That changes the entire complexity of the basketball game. And when they didn't call him out of bounds and they called the foul because they were just trying to foul at that point um, – Obviously, the Knicks scored. They they got got to the free throw line. They went up three, I believe, three or four. And the Raptors had a couple of breaks come their way going the other end. DeMar DeRozan had free throws. He missed one, and they got the ball back. But they were down three. But it would have been a completely different ball game if they would have gotten the ball back with 24, 25 seconds left in the game, only down one or two. It would have changed the entire complexity. And I'm not saying this is going to impact their entire season. We're only We're only a tenth of the way through. But... The Knicks, if they get things to go their way a couple of times, they're going to win a little bit more games than not by doing this. They've already proven they're 4-4 four and four at this point in the year. They're already kind of turning heads with how they're playing. It's, it's one of those games where, again, a lot of controversy, and obviously Raptor fans upset for legitimate reasons. They had a guy last night, Kyle Lowry, he had a whiteboard-worthy performance, 23 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, the third one of the night, by the way. But the Knicks got the victory in controversial fashion, but they got it done. What did you see from this one, Andrew? Uh, again, night in, night out, this Knicks team is just surprising me. All those people who said they could compete for a playoff spot, you know, we were bashing them, but they're looking very smart right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. In 20 minutes, uh, Porzingis said, you know, 8-6. and six. He just keeps throwing down dunks on people. Uh Melo look good, but you know you you hate when officiating makes a huge mistake in a huge moment. Um, yeah, it, it's it's hard to watch a game end like that because you're just frustrated the whole time, especially knowing that the Raptors have guys like Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan who create their own shot and do it, and they lost by two points, man. I mean, it was 25 seconds left, but uh, you know I just got a little update here. It looks like Patrick Beverly, uh has been arrested. Um, he had a warrant for nothing major, a traffic violation. Looks like he's out of jail. Oh, yeah. You, want, you wonder if he'll uh, get suspended or anything like that, something we could talk about later. Just wanted to throw that out on there, though. Yeah. I don't think he'll get – I think he might get a suspension, but, I mean, if it's a minor traffic violation, I mean, it's – I mean, open warrant for a traffic – I guess – 
I guess he probably didn't pay his bill or something. I mean, that's probably going to give him like a game suspension, but I don't think the Houston yeah. Rockets will worry about that. So, but no, this Knicks game, Raptors game, I mean, again, controversy at the end, but the Knicks get the victory 111-109. We'll recap these games real quick and then we'll go straight to into our topic. Celtics beat the Bucks 99-83 again, uh 3 and 3 for the Celtics, 4 and 4 for the Bucks. Two teams that are kind of hovering and trying to figure themselves out right now. Obviously, the Celtics get the win. Um, and then the Hornets, they got another victory. They beat the they beat the the young T Wolves again. Carl Anthony Towns, thir- nineteen and thirteen, good from a great young rookie right now. Ra- uh, Wolves Wolves are four and three. Hornets are three and four again. Hornets with a nine point victory there. And then the Pelicans, they get their first win of the season. They dominate the Mavericks, one twenty to one hundred five. Their first victory at home in New Orleans. And you would think, in a victory like that that Anthony Davis would absolutely just put a barn burner on. That's not the case. Anthony Davis really wasn't the main factor in this one. It was actually Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson had 25 and 11. And Anthony Davis, what did he do? He had 17 points, seven rebounds, a couple assists, a block, a steal. He did shoot well from the, from the field, though. He went 8, eight of 14. He only went to the free throw line four times. I mean, this was – it's interesting to see how this team can beat a team like the Mavericks, which should show you that the Mavericks really aren't a team that's going to be taken seriously this year. I mean, if you lose to a Pelicans team that is just really struggling, and granted granted, the Pelicans were due for a victory, but at the same time, if you lose to a team like this, I mean, what what is going on in Dallas? So, uh, well, the, uh, the, 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 yeah, what's up? Uh, and not only did they lose to a hobbled Pelicans team, Anthony Davis got that hit contusion about, uh, right, I believe it was right before halftime, so he wasn't even playing the second half of that ball game. Yeah, yeah, I think the true, I think the true colors are showing for the Mavericks again as the Pelicans win by 15 without Anthony Davis after halftime. He only played 19 minutes. I mean, that just goes to show you really kind of where the Dallas Mavericks are as a team again. Dirk Nowitzki having the leading, have to lead the team in scoring with 18. That's just all you need to know about where this Dallas Mavericks team is. And Wesley Matthews 0 for 5 from the field zero points. I mean, it's just not going to get it done with a guy who got paid this offseason. So that's, that's our recap for the show. Now, we wanted to get into a topic about what happened yesterday in New York as apparently this is – this, and I, and I kind of figured this was going to start happening. Um, you know, these daily draft leagues. And, again, we, we are sponsored by FanDuel here at CLNS Radio. If you'd like to call in and talk about this, 323 642 one five five eight is the number here on the Hooper's log. Again, you're listening here on a Veterans Day, and uh, this 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 situation I kind of figured was eventually going to bubble up and happen. Apparently, in New York, they got upset at the fact that this is the the kind of games that are being played through these fan these FanDuel, uh, DraftKings, other things of that nature are turning into it's gambling. Well, we all know that it's gambling. It's just been being hid from the fact that it's, you know, it's, you know, it's through fantasy sports, which isn't gambling, which there's a technicality there. But in reality, we all know it's gambling. And it's fascinating to see that they're starting to send a cease and desist letter from the New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman declared Tuesday that daily fantasy sports constitute illegal gambling in his state, New York. Operators of DraftKings, he sent them. DraftKings and FanDuel, the cease and desist notice, which is a significant blow to the embattlement of a billion-dollar industry. Uh, Andrew, you probably know more about this, and I know we were supposed to have someone on the show today 
to talk about this, and we'll get him on sometime later for sure, and we'll talk more in depth about this because it is it is a concern. I mean, gambling in America generally, relatively more than not, is illegal, and unfortunately, you know, we're trying to we're, well, fortunately, we're trying to make it legal because, damn it, we're in America. This is Veterans Day, Veterans Stand Up. You know what I'm talking about. But it, what I'm trying to say is, is look. Like, this is America. We should be free to do what we want with our money. I'm affiliated with a uh, group where I promote, help promote uh, betting in Vegas, um, trendbetting.com, for those of you that don't know. And the guy, the main guy of the whole thing, Lance, brought up a great point on his, on his Instagram yesterday about, damn it, this is America. We need to be free with what we can do with our money, and the government's trying to jump in and end our fun or end our, our circumstances or our situations. And the cease and desist letter – is a serious blow to this to this you know this industry that that cranks out the cash and they've been doing so basically really for the last year or so but definitely over this past these past two months where football has just been all over the board. Andrew, what do you have from this story? Yeah, I'm I'm one of those people who I don't fully understand why you know, and I understand if you're underage, if you're under eighteen gambling, right. I understand that it's not always your money. You, you're, you're not mature enough, and even though it is a free country, there has to be guidelines. But when right. I, you know, me and you are both working 50-hour weeks. When we get yeah. that paycheck, if we want to be dumb and go lose half of that paycheck on gambling, and I know this sounds silly when you say it, but it is our American-born right, and I don't want to sound like one of those freedom writers who thinks, well, well, I'm an American, I can do whatever I want, because I'm not. Right. But it is that is something that is our you know American born right that we should be able to go out, blow our money freely, and you know if we regret it, we regret it. But it's something we worked for, we earned it, so let us spend it how we want. It's kind of like this almost reminds me of you know when you're 14 years old and you're like, well, why don't you go buy that video game? I know you have this amount of money, and your your buddy goes, well, my mom won't let me, and you're just kind of like, well, why is your mom telling you how to spend your money? That that's what this reminds me of, and you know I can't stand it. I really can't, um, especially because all those people on on Fanduel in New York or DraftKings in New York, their winnings are frozen right now. If they had ten thousand right. dollars in their account, it's frozen. They can't withdraw it. You can't enter tournaments. Yeah. It'd be it, it's illegal now. They they'd be breaking the law. So not only is this saying you can't spend your money how you want it, but it's saying the money you did spend or the money you did earn because, you know, the people who win these tournaments normally put a lot of work into it. Uh, right. You you can't have. It's it's not yours anymore. Um, and, what's, and, yeah. and I would understand that if it was illegal to begin with, but this is something that yeah. one day was legal, the next minute it was not. So it's, it, it's at, at the bare minimum, the state should allow them to withdraw their money, draw their money, but really, this is something that shouldn't should be handled in a way of you can spend your money the way you want. Uh, but that's going to come with time. This way, it will be back in New York. Believe that because gambling, especially sports gambling, is going to be legal across this country within the next five years. This will be back yeah, in New I, York. Yeah. And and you know it's it's money that we're going to be able to spend throughout the country. It, there's a huge push for it now. And this is only going to make that push bigger. So pretty soon here, and I'm not saying the attorney general did the wrong thing because by the law, right. he was following the rules. Um, yeah. I'm just saying the laws are what need to be changed. 
Right. And, 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 and to another degree, and again, this is a sports show. And again, you're listening to the Hoopers log here through CLNS again, or in the FanDuel studios, which unfortunately, like you said, frozen accounts. Um, it's, and I don't want to turn this into an economics show for a split second, but let's just be real for a second. The economics in this country are going down every day. Now they're not, it's not awful. The world's not ending. It's not that kind of thing. We're not Fox news. We're not, we're not crazy here. We don't think the world's ending with the economics, but at the same time, I'm not dumb. I'm sitting here looking on my iPhone and I looking at the stocks and Apple is a top four business. Starbucks is right behind them and Nike. When you have those kind of businesses, and I know the Dow Jones and the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ are always going to be right there because they pretty much run our country with energy and all that kind of stuff. But when you have those kind of businesses showing up in the stocks and making that kind of money, it goes to show you that our country pulls money from its own venues. Obviously, that's, I mean, obviously, the other stock exchanges do that. The other one, NASDAQ, Dow Jones, Stock Exchange, they all do that too. But different from the standpoint of it's it's it, it's different economically, and, and when you have those kind of businesses making that kind of money to help generate revenue in America, it goes to show you that we're we're operating from a different field, or we're at least starting to operate from a different field in that perspective. And you bring up a good point in the fact that people work hard for these things. It's not just fun for most people. It's legitimately how they make their revenue in some degrees and how they support uh, life. And maybe not that far yet for some people, but I think what the government and other industries are trying to do is to make sure it doesn't turn into that because it is gambling at the end of the day. And gambling is illegal throughout America. I agree with you. I think it should be changed. I think the law should be changed. If you want to gamble away your paycheck or whatever, it's it's just like drinking. It's just like smoking weed. It's just like doing drugs. You're going to spend money on, fun and your and entertainment purposes it's the same thing it's the only difference is there's an opportunity to win now i understand the fear in that from our country's perspective thinking look you know if people start actually winning and getting good at this and making hundreds and thousands of millions of dollars it could corrupt an entire country and i get that and i get that perspective but that is an extreme perspective because everything generally starts to starts to even itself out over time you're not going to have guys, and then guys that do get really good, they're going to they're gonna be monitored. They're going to be looked at because they're the kind of guys that are going to be seen that could, that could really, you know, ruin our country from the inside out and gut our country. But that's where you monitor those people. Outside of that, you don't monitor the average Joe Blow that wants to go out and spend 60 bucks on a basketball game and, you know, think that this team's going to win because half the time he's going to be wrong. Most of the time, he's going to be wrong, or at least it's going to be 50-50. You know, that's, that's how it works. And if you're good at what you do and you can make that kind of money and do it, then sure. But the only time it should really be monitored is when you have these hundreds and thousands of millions of dollars of, you know, guys really just seeping out the cash and, 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 and destroying industries. That's where gambling can become an issue. But I agree with you. I think it should be legal and it should be uh, correct. But there's got to be, like you said, there's got to be – there's got to be that 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 I guess that not that censorship, but there's got to be that uh, that area where, like you said, if you're underage, you can't gamble. I agree with that. I think you shouldn't really be allowed to gamble till you're till you're 18, uh, 21. You know, uh, that would be debated. That would be its own discussion. But to make it legal would be 
a part where all these situations with, with the with the DraftKings with the with the FanDuel, it wouldn't be an issue. I mean, it would it wouldn't be anything. It wouldn't be a problem because it's already kind of accepted in our culture. I mean, just look at just watch a sporting event. If you watch a sporting event, you will see a FanDuel. Uh, you will see a, a, a DraftKings. You will see a daily sporting uh, fantasy uh, gambling thing. You will see it. You will. It just it just will come up because there's so much money being put into it. And what's sad is, is our country only sees the negative about this. It's kind of like it kind of reminds me of prohibition with alcohol back in the day, how people weren't allowed to drink alcohol because it was quote unquote you know for different reasons. Obviously, historically it was for different reasons, but it's kind of the same thing. It's like, well you're telling me I can't do this because it could be bad for me for a certain reason or whatnot. But in reality, it could raise the economy so much in this country. Now we'd probably see, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel probably taking advantage of the stock market, which would be scary. Uh, but that could happen because of how much money they generate and they could produce in this country. It's like how here in Washington state, Denver, uh, other countries, uh, states throughout the country, I believe there's five now, if I'm not mistaken, that have legalized weed. You know, it's the same kind of thing. It'll take time to create the movement. But at the same time, if you governmentalize it, if you tax it, if you find ways to, to really to really implement it within the scheme of your country and with the way things go, you can find ways to make it effective and raise money within your country and, and boost economy. You can. And, and, if, and if you find a way to implement that and make it better – and you tax winnings, and you tax things like that. Kind of like what Vegas does. Vegas taxes winnings on people who live there. If you live in Vegas and you make a certain amount of winnings, which you have to make quite a bit to get taxed, but if you do, then you get taxed on it. That raises your, that raises your economy. That makes things better. And, again, it's just going to take time. It's going to take movement. It's going to take that understanding of, higher, of, of, of guys who are in the higher-ups to understand that. But if they can find a way to get that and rotate that through our, our entire country, you're looking at a way to boost our economy rather quickly and much more effectively than it is currently right now with just uh, factoring this in. So, again, I don't want to make this an economic show, but that's just kind of what it is. And for it to be a cease and desist, this is probably the first, I would say, the first uh, punch to the idea, which you got to have controversy to create change sometimes. And this is going to be a controversial change but it could create the change for the better, as you've mentioned. Is there anything else you want to say on this, Andrew? Um, no, you know, it, it, it's something I wish didn't happen. You know, I, w I almost wish it would never come up. It would never have to go through, you know, court of law. Um, you know, some news around the basketball world. I've been getting updates during the show. Uh, yeah. First, we saw Reggie Jackson was hobbled um, against the Warriors. Uh, Stan Van Gundy just gave the okay that he is playing tonight. And then, of course, we are doing our college basketball preview here pretty soon. Uh, for those of you who like recruiting and like the high school players like I do, uh, the high school stud, and I mean stud, Seventh Woods, can jump out of the building, has committed to North Carolina. Um, so he'll be going there as of right yeah. now. Of course, commits are just verbal. They're nothing that you want to you know, really think about because half of them don't stand. But uh, that's a big commitment. Uh, for North Carolina, um, so you know the basketball world's even going during at two thirty during the afternoon. Yeah, it's a nonstop thing here, especially when uh, the season gets going. It, it it goes and goes and goes. And again, we've done a lot of recaps here and previews here on the Hoopers Log. We're gonna get more stuff going as time goes. 
Uh, starting next week, we're, we're, there's no way we're going to be able to recap every single game starting next week just based upon the fact that college basketball is getting going. Obviously, like you said, high school basketball, recruiting, uh, things of that nature will get going. So we'll jump off the recapping after this week. I wanted to kind of do some recap to kind of get us into the mood of doing that because come playoff time, we'll be doing that a lot. Obviously, once playoff time comes, college basketball will end, high school basketball will end, and it'll pretty much be, you know, spring sports by then. And that's when the basketball world kind of dies down, at least from a, you know, at least from a, you know, uh, overall perspective. The NBA keeps going until June, as we know. And obviously the Olympics will be this year. And the NBA pretty much will go this year all the way until end of August when the Olympics end. That's how the basketball world works for that perspective. But we wanted to kind of break those games down for you. And we're going to keep doing that, but it's not going to be as intense as it's been, which is why I kind of cut it short today and wanted to get you going. Uh, Anything else you want to bring up in the basketball world, Andrew, before we get to these previews for Wednesday? Um, I'm ready to move on. Let's do it. Okay, let's preview some of these games for tonight. Obviously, Knicks and Hornets uh, is is one of the is is a pretty interesting game to watch tonight. Uh, the Knicks, obviously, four and four. Hornets, three and four. Both these teams again hovering, kind of figuring out what they're going to do. Obviously, the Knicks are making improvements, and the Hornets, when they put it all together, they're one of the best teams in the NBA. When they can play a complete game, they're one of the more they're one of the more scared scarier teams to play in the NBA. And the Knicks are kind of just starting to find themselves. Uh, Charlotte's favored by six and a half. Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take those points. I think that Charlotte's going to win this game uh, pretty handily if they play their brand of basketball, especially on a back-to-back night of the Knicks caliber playing a really good team in Toronto. I think this is going to be a tough one for the Knicks. What do you see from this one, Andrew? I think the Knicks are going to ride this wave they've been on. And I think uh, they'll yeah. win this game. Yeah, I think I I wouldn't be shocked if the Knicks won. I just think it's I just think I just think that the Charlotte Hornets are going to find a way to 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 pull it out. But I, okay, all right, cool. Uh, the next game, Lakers and Magic. Um, we really don't need to break this game down, do we? Orlando's favored by eight no. points. Uh, uh, Orlando's I think is going to just beat them at the building. Orlando's going to show their true colors tonight. They're going to just destroy LA. I think they're going to win by twenty. Uh, you think so, Andrew? Well, you want to talk about, you know, if, if there's things to talk about in basketball right now, storyline-wise, it's the joke that Byron Scott has been playing D'Angelo Russell like 20 minutes a game and then going out in his press conferences saying this is what's best for the players. Since when is not playing basketball best for basketball players? I just want to sit and yeah. ask Byron Scott that question because he sounds like a nutcase when he says it. Magic win. They win by 15 points. Lakers go to 1-7 and seven and... Uh, Kobe gets 10 points on 0.2% shooting. It's one of those things where Byron Scott's just starting to look like a clown. I mean, to be honest, he's just starting to look like a complete clown for this team. I mean, they're one and six. Kobe Bryant's talking about how he wants to play for the USA basketball team. And it's like, dude, no, get just, just get out. Just leave. Like Kobe, you're amazing. You're a legend. You're a top two, top three shooting guard all time. No doubt. But dude, just, go like it's just turning into that and I think the magic are going to really show that tonight they're going to dominate LA like no other Raptors and Sixers this is an interesting game uh the Raptors coming off a back-to-back a tough one I think they're going to come out angry I think that the Raptors in this one will play well I think they'll win I think they're I think the 76ers considering they're 0 and 7 I think they're going to come out and play well I, I but I think the Raptors will win ultimately I think 10 points is a little much I think the Raptors will still win, but double digits seems a little much for me. I could see it happening, but I think from a gambling perspective, if you took Philadelphia plus 10, you'll feel good about yourself because the 76ers are 0-7. They have nothing to lose. They're playing at home. The Raptors are coming off a tough one. 
I think this will be a good one for the 76ers to, to at least keep it close and get you some money on that one. What do you think, Andrew? Uh, I disagree. I think the Raptors are going to be pissed, especially after last night. You know, they got <laughs> kind of screwed. Um, so I think they're going to come out and, you know, they're, I don't think they're going to dominate, but I think they'll handle the 76ers pretty well. First half, I think, could be pretty ugly for the 76ers. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if this became a blowout early, but I think the 76ers will find something within them to keep it close, at least, you know, eight-point game or something. Ten points, I feel, is a little much, but, again, I, I, I think I think the Raptors will win. I just think it'll be closer than we think. Pacers and Celtics, this is one of the games of the night that I would suggest watching if you're if you're a, a basketball junkie and if you don't want to turn on the Clippers and Mavericks and Warriors and, and Grizzlies are going to be on tonight as well, and obviously Spurs and Blazers. If you're not into that and you're really just a true fundamental basketball junkie, Pacers and Celtics is the game. And I'm not just speaking from that from a CLNS perspective. I'm speaking about that as just a basketball purist. Two really, really fundamental teams. And the Pacers are really starting to figure themselves out. They're 4-1 and one in their last five. The Celtics obviously dominated last night. This is a fun game to watch. I picked the Pacers plus three, three and a half. Celtics are favored by three and a half. What do you see in this one, Andrew? Yeah, uh, I, you know, the Celtics have either been playing really well or really bad. There's been no middle ground for them. Um, I think the Pacers are going to stay hot, go 5-1 and one in their last six, I believe. Um, and, I mean, Paul George has been a monster. I think he continues that hot streak. Uh, what did you say they were favored by, or three-and-a-half point? Or, wow, is, is Indiana getting three-and-a-half? Well, I guess it's in the TD Garden. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I got the Pacers coming out. I got them winning by anywhere from six to ten points. Yeah, it's it's going to be a good one. I think the Pacers will get it done. Pelicans and Hawks again. Hawks are favored by so much in this one. They're favored by 12-and-a-half. That's that's absolutely outrageous. I think that's a little too high of a, of a of a thing. I would pick New Orleans and take it with ease. I think New Orleans is going to keep it somewhat close. Anthony Davis is going to go off tonight. He generally goes off against this Hawks team. Will they win? I don't think so, but I think they're going to keep it closer than we think. Andrew, what do you think? Anthony Davis plays. That's that's the only thing. Yeah. I haven't seen anything saying he's going to play with that hip contusion. Um, no, but either way, I see, and if he doesn't play, I like the spread. If he plays, I don't. But Pelicans are going to be one and seven after this game, and the Hawks, you know, continue their their start similar to last year's and go eight and two. Yeah, they'd be eight and two in their first ten. That would be ridiculous, considering that again, this team losing Damari Carroll playing the way they've played. Clippers and Mavericks. Obviously, I think everyone and their moms watching this one, if, especially if you're a, a just a guru of the game and, and understood what happened this off season. Clippers have been playing outstanding. The Mavericks are, you know, they lost to a pretty bad team last night. Uh, not a great, not a great team in the Pelicans, but a banged up team. Uh, Clippers, they should dominate. They're favored by seven. Take that and run. What do you think, Andrew? Oh yeah, I'm putting some money on this game for the Clippers. Um, I think the Clippers could, you know, cover that seven in the first quarter alone. So, not too, not too worried. I got the Clippers easy. Rockets and Nets, we just brought up some information about Patrick Beverly. I don't think it matters. Houston's favored by 12. Take the 12. They're going to destroy the Nets tonight. I don't think I need anyone's opinion on that. James Harden's going to go for 45. I think it's going to be ridiculous. Warriors and Grizzlies, one of the other games to watch tonight. Uh, This is going to be in the grindhouse in Memphis. I think this is one of the tougher matchups the Warriors will have this first part of the season. Uh, Again, Again, they're playing in uh, they're playing in Memphis. Golden State's still favored by seven and a half. I would take Memphis in this and and see what happens. I think Memphis. I would take the points for Memphis. I think the Warriors will still win, but it's going to be a good game. What do you see from this one, Andrew? 
anytime I get to see, you know, a great defensive team go against the Warriors, you know I'm going to watch. Um, I think the Grizzlies are going to win this one straight up. Warriors are going to fall to 8-1. Uh, I, I got Mike Conley going for 25-plus, showing Steph Curry that, you know, he can do it too. I know he's only averaging 14 points a game, but Steph Curry's coming back down to earth. He's going to be tightly guarded. Um, so, you know, I, I got the Grizzlies winning this game. And then quickly before we head out of here, we got about uh, we got about a little over a minute left in the live show. Uh, we'll jump into the podcast here in a second, but for those of you listening live, thank you again for listening. We'll be jumping into the podcast in a second. It real quickly, we're going to – over that we just got three games to talk about bucks and nuggets uh nuggets are favored by three and a half i think with the way the nuggets have been playing they can win and they can get it done but i think the bucks will find a way to get a victory in this one i don't know who can guard greg monroe right now for that nuggets team i know they have kenneth Fareed. i know they have some other guys but when it comes to the ability of this bucks team i feel like they can they can find a way to win i feel like they can win this game tonight i feel like they can win this game tonight Denver's favored by three and a half. I would take Milwaukee plus three and a half and see what happens. What do you think, Andrew? Um, you know, I think they're going to have to have one of those nights where Greg Monroe guards himself, uh, essentially not being able to make a layup. Uh, and, yeah. you know, I think Michael Carter-Williams could single-handedly win this game with his defense on Moutier. You know, Moutier's still a rookie. He's got skills to go against the better defenders, but Michael Carter-Williams can frustrate him with his length. Uh, I got the Bucks winning. I, yeah. I and I, you know I I I think it's a pretty easy pick in this one. If you're a betting man, like I, like we always talk about, yeah. I'm a betting man. I do it legally because it runs through Canada, so don't come get me, Attorney General. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got the Bucks winning. I'm gonna throw some money down on this one for sure. Especially well, and, I, and either way, point. if they come at, either way, if they even come after you, you can just run across the border. You live in Detroit. Uh, we got, we got Detroit and Sacramento. We got Detroit and Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento is favored by one. Uh, you talk about locks of the night. How is, how are a one in seven Kings team favored by one over the Pistons? Are people out of their mind? This Pistons team has had a night off. They just played an outstanding game uh, a couple nights ago. And they lost because, you know, hey, look, it was, a, it was an outstanding matchup to, against the Golden State Warriors. And they lost, but this Kings team has no chance. You, you, Andre Drummond, I don't care if DeMarcus Cousins comes back or not. Andre Drummond is going to dominate tonight. This guy is going to go off for 20-20 and 20 again. Uh, Reggie Jackson, who's going to guard Reggie Jackson, really? I mean, you got Darren Collison and Rajon Rondo. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. Okay. Betting people. And then you have Rudy Gay on uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Expect Rudy Gay to not get 15 tonight because Contavious has been proving, as you, saw, as you said, and as I've been seeing, he's proven to be one of the better outside defenders in the NBA. This is, this is a questionable pick by Vegas. I don't understand why Sacramento's favored. The Pistons should absolutely dominate, and it should be an easy pick for anybody. What do you think, Andrew? Things that things that worry me is when Vegas puts up a weird line because they're almost never wrong. That's why they get so much money. Um, yeah. But I think what they're looking at is this is the Pistons' fourth game in six days. Even with the day off, there's going to be some tired legs out there. Um, but Sacramento's 0-5 in their last five, 1-7 overall. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, if, if we want to give them some credit – you know, they lost by only six to Houston, only nine to Golden State. You know, so so they've shown signs that they can be good. 
But again, another game I'm betting on. I'm throwing 45 bucks on it. I'm trying to or whatever makes me walk away with 100 in this one. I mean, if you're telling me I'm getting points, I'm just going with the money line on this. I'm just going to take the Pistons straight up. Uh, and, and you know, it's it's an easy pick for me, but I can see where Vegas is coming from. And like I said, they're almost never wrong. I, I it worries me because of that. They may know something we don't. So who knows? It's just one of those games. And, where and you, you know what else? Real I... quick, real yeah. quick, that line might have came out before. Reggie Jackson was announced to be playing, so maybe that factors into this. Yeah, it's one of those things where, but either way, even if they don't have Reggie Jackson, I mean, Andre Drummond, just feed him the ball. He's going to go for 30 and 20 tonight. I mean, if, if DeMar- DeMarcus Cousins is out still, right? Uh, I know he played a few minutes, but he looked hobbled. He doesn't look like himself. You're right, and Andre Drummond's going to take advantage of that and dominate. And then when DeMarcus Cousins gets upset, he implodes, like like every other crying baby out there. Uh, the Spurs and Trailblazers <laughs> is an outstanding matchup tonight. It's fun from the perspective of, look, you know, obviously, it's funny how ESPN has all the dramatic games. They have Clippers and Mavericks. Oh, they have, they have DeAndre Jordan going to Dallas where he's going to get booed. And then, oh, they have LaMarcus Aldridge going back to Portland where everyone's going to boo him. It's like, oh, let's, let's, watch, let's watch it on E! Network. Like, let's watch an E! Entertainment game. Like, that's pretty much what's going to happen. I think the Spurs are going to win this game, but I think this is going to be a better game than people think. The Spurs are favored by 6.5. I would take Portland plus 6.5. I had a plus 7 on my board. Um, but I would take the points uh, for Portland. I, I honestly think that Portland can come out and shock some people and open up people's minds and think, whoa, they're still good. They're still a decent team. And I think with the, with uh, with a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge coming back to Portland, that's going to fire them up, and that's the last thing you want to do to a Damian Lillard squad, as we've, sh- as we've seen this first uh, couple of weeks of the season. What do you see in this one, Andrew? So I want to I announce something. It's a big announcement for me. I'm officially rescinding my Damian Lillard as the most overrated player in the NBA award. And yeah. I have reawarded that to LaMarcus Aldridge, his old teammate. Uh, <laughs> if I told you coming into the season that, that seven and eight games in, C.J. McCollum would be averaging six more points than LaMarcus Aldridge, you'd call me crazy. But, you know, right. that's another reason why I have this first team winning 49 games. I would love nothing more than to see the Trailblazers pull this one out. Uh, and, yeah. you know, that with the most overrated award, anybody who gives that out, normally it's going to be a player you don't really like. I got to admit, man, I don't want to sound like a bandwagon or anything like that, but Damian Lillard has grown on me. The way this guy plays, right. he still can't play a lick of defense. He's gotta, he has to improve on that. But at least he gives right. the effort on it. Uh, you know, you know, he he can dominate Tony Parker tonight. Tony Parker yeah. is a shell, and I mean a cracked shell, a shattered shell of what he used to be. Uh, yeah. I could see Portland winning this one straight up. Now, being a betting man, I'm not going to take it because it's still the Spurs. It's still pop. I will never bet against them because it just scares the hell out of me. But I, I right. see Portland winning this one straight up, furthering, you know, the point on the Spurs only winning 49 games this season. And – furthering away from my point that they were going to be the worst team in the NBA. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, again, I, I, I've, I've been trying to mention this. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on the defense of Damian Lillard. It's non-existent. But when it comes to his offensive game, his step-back jumper, I'm telling you, he probably has, and that's this is saying something, considering you got a guy like Steph Curry who has the best – he has the best shooting. He's the best shooter in the NBA. Uh, not the best player, but he's the best shooter by far. 
Um, but Damian Lillard is right there with his step-back game. I mean, his step-back is nasty. He has one of those step-backs where I don't care who's guarding him. I don't know if you can guard it because it's that good. He takes a leap back, kind of like – I don't know if you remember this guy from Connecticut, but uh, when Connecticut won the championship a couple years ago in college basketball, uh, Ryan Boatwright, he had a step-back that was filthy. Like, he would, he would take, like, legitimately, like, two yards of a step-back. And he, no one can guard him when it came to a step back. But the difference is that Damian Lillard does that, and he makes it pretty much all the time. And when he does that, and he makes those shots, which he does most often, actually, from mid-range, he gets to the rack with ease. He is a player that is dynamic on the offensive side of the board. And I agree with you defensively is a joke. But I think Kawhi Leonard will probably face off against Damian Lillard more than not. That's probably what the defensive matchup's going to be. Um, but again, Damian Lillard can find a way to find his teammates. He's averaging 27 and seven for a reason. I mean, the guy is a legitimate all-star. He should be an all-star. He got snubbed a couple, you know, last year, a couple years ago. The guy has been under the radar. It's because he plays up in the Pacific Northwest where no one really pays attention to him. I can attest to that. I live here. People forget about us up here. Uh, but, uh, but the guy is, is outstanding from the offensive side of the floor and he could be a threat and he always, always puts fear in me. As a, as a Spurs fan, because, again, you're right. Uh, Tony Parker is a shell of himself. The guy will probably show flashes of himself maybe once or one for one or two minutes throughout a ball game, but outside of that, he's just a guy. Manager Nobly, he's just a guy. You know, he'll show signs from time to time, but he's just a guy. Tim Duncan, he's still great, but he's just Mr. Fundamental. That's all he is. He's nothing special. He'll get you your 10 rebounds or 10 points. That's all he's going to do. He's going to play 25 minutes a game. The only difference is, like you said, LaMarcus Aldridge, the guy, consistently he needs to get better. His shooting percentage is really bad right now. Um, I think they're trying to find a way to utilize him in that offense because he's a different he's a different brand of basketball that the Spurs aren't used to, and they're trying to find a way to utilize him. And Kawhi Leonard obviously is improving, and he's getting better, and he's starting to wear – he's starting to grow on me as an overall basketball player because before it used to just be his defense and then his ability to get breakaway speed on the fast break – but outside of that, he never was anything. Now he can finally implement his offense, which is outstanding because I, I forgot the last time I said Kawhi Leonard's offense. Kawhi Leonard's offense was actually lethal. He's getting to that point where it's turning into a lethal commodity, which is scary because the guy is could be one of the better all, all-around basketball players if he can find a way to make his offense uh, lethal. Again, we got about a minute left in the show. We're going to head out here shortly. Anything else you want to say, Andrew, before we get out of here? Real quick, because you know I've been uh, talking about how Steve Blake isn't my favorite. Ryan Boatwright was actually signed by the Pistons. He's in the D-League. Call him up. Have to take Steve Blake's spot. We'll trust me. We'll go for it. But other than that, as I say every time, everybody, thank you for listening. Peace. All right, everybody. Thank you again for listening. You can enjoy the night of basketball. Eleven games on the schedule. Uh, there's going to be some fun stuff we're going to be talking about throughout the season. Again, we're getting into the meat and potatoes of the season. We're going to start that here soon. The, the, the precursor, the salad, is almost done here, and we're going to get into that part of the season here coming up here in the next couple weeks. Again, thank you again for listening, and enjoy your Wednesday basketball.